With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is World Stage with Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. World Stage indeed, exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to talk a minute about a substack titled Lioness of Judah, Lioness, female lion, double S of Judah, J-U-D-A-H. Dot substack.com posted on December 28th. Official data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, has revealed an alarming spike in fatal cancers among Americans who have received COVID mRNA injections. Official data 143,233% surge in fatal cancers among vaxxed. Americans. It's a great article based on an article at the uh, expose.com, which is based in the UK. The data shows that cancer, the leading cause of death in the United States, has been soaring over the past two years. However, the data shows a correlation between the rise in cancer and the public rollout of COVID mRNA shots again this can be found at the lioness of judah.substack on december 28th and click around in a couple of the other postings there as well i'm impressed by the quality of the things i see there i look forward to doing a deeper dive to more properly vet and recommend but what i've read and especially this thing i i do recommend with me this hour, a return appearance to World Stage is Alex Meyer, chairman and co-founder of FreeNowFoundation.org since April 2023, whose mission is to protect and preserve civil liberties and health rights for all, with a focus on children. In the 1990s, Alex ran a worldwide research group at Apple until the hepatitis B vaccine physically disabled her and gave her brain damage. Her runner-up Darwin Award, she calls it, for failing to research vaccines before rolling up her sleeve. After gaining a substantial recovery, Alex worked as a health consultant for a decade before retiring and volunteering 100% of her time to serve on the board at Children's Health Defense and to co-found the California chapter of CHD, where she served as board chairman. Thank you very much for joining me again today, Alex. How are you? I'm great, Bruce. I just got back from vacation, so I couldn't be better. It's really great to be back on your show again. I love it. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. We queued up a great topic or a, a few. I want to read a little bit more about you, please. Alex's presentation on the creation of the fake super emergency to suspend our Bill of Rights was recognized by Dr. Mercola as one of his best of 2022 interviews. Alex has also been interviewed by Steve Kirsch, Steve Bannon, Mike Adams of Natural News, and many others. She speaks regularly, including on Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour, Defeat the Mandates LA, COVID Con C, I don't know if that's a typo, 
and at many rallies and at protests. So we uh, did a great exchange and of, of possible things to talk about. And your most recent one, and I want to jump right into it, is uh, the fact that you're starting Substack. And I say kudos. Hope you have as much fun on it as I do. And that you're working <laughs> on an article entitled Vaccination is Communism. And I am I am all ears. How would you how would you unpack that for me, please? Yeah, I mean, from I've been studying vaccine science and safety for probably 20 years, at least since 2002, when um, I was pregnant with my twins. And it's interesting, the word vaccine confers a lot of different meanings. It's like the difference between me talking about my vaccine injury to somebody and somebody saying they have cancer. Cancer's loaded with all this stuff. You know that somebody's going to go get chemo. They're going to be probably in an IV room. They might get radiation. They're going to be sick for a few weeks after every treatment. But when I say I have um, chronic illness or vaccine injury, I've got to explain so much. There's not very much contained in that phrase. But vaccines are like the word cancer, where they carry a lot of meaning. And that word was actually used to manipulate the public. It's this massive neuro-linguistic programming technique used by our government to manipulate people. What they have planned is something your listeners already know about. And I am endlessly fascinated with how they pulled this off on so many people where more than 70% of people in the United States ended up getting COVID shots, mostly of their own will, some being forced at work illegally. Um, but I'm endlessly fascinated with that. And it all comes down to them using the word vaccine associated with this COVID shot, which wasn't actually a vaccine, as we know now. Um, vaccines, the word is loaded with the fact that, well, the fact that people think <laughs> that it will protect them. It's three things. It protects them, they think. It protects them from spreading it to others. So it protects others. And, you know, in kind of this like... Um, utopian world that's actually a fantasy. Um, they think we can get to herd immunity with vaccines, and that's not true. We cannot get to herd immunity with vaccines. If there's a single study out there showing we can get to herd immunity with vaccines, please show me. It doesn't exist. They've done studies showing that there's something called infectious pockets, but that doesn't really mean anything. So um, people think vaccines do all those three things. And so it's a very, very loaded word that was used on purpose and used as the only way to, quote, get us out of the COVID pandemic. Um, so I wanted to talk about that. I really want to focus on the use of the word vaccine and wh where it's going to take us and what it did to people and how it motivated behavior around us. Does that sound good? Uh, it sounds great. Uh, I, I, as, it reminds me of how outraged I am when I think about this because of the people close to me, the people you see on the street, the people you see in cars who still wear masks and are so trained and so proud to just do what authority tells them. So yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a vital uh, distinction and distinctions. I believe we're going to talk about now. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point because there were two squeezes on people. There are the appeals to authority, which is like your doctor says this, the CDC says this, Anthony Fauci, who said that he is the science, said this. Um, that was, you know, the top-down strategy, and you know, I was a management strategy major in graduate school, so I'm always looking for the the strategy behind what's what's going on around me. But then there's this bottom-up strategy because they're moving us toward a totalitarian one-world government, as most of your listeners and viewers know. We're going to be on a central bank digital currency with social credit scores like they have in China, and the bottom-up strategy was to not let people know where we're going. It was to create this social pressure 
for people to pressure those around them to get the vaccines to make them feel like outcasts, like the pariahs of society, if they didn't get this vaccine. And they're, so I'm going to really focus on this bottom-up pressure um, from society rather than the, authorita the authoritarian push from above, um, because I'm most fascinated with how people behaved when we were locked down. So <laughs> let me back up and talk a little bit about neurolinguistic programming. Um, I, I had a neighbor, she died when she was 94, and she was absolutely brilliant. She worked almost up until the day she died. She would drive to work in Palo Alto, and she was just unbelievable. Her name was Jeannie Laborde, and she started a movement called Influencing with Integrity. And that was a counter to the people she'd actually learned from who were the developers of neurolinguistic programming. And she found that it was very negative and very manipulative, and she wanted to find the good in it. And so she began this whole consulting program where she, she consulted, consulted major Fortune 500 companies on how to influence people with integrity. Um, so I've just told to move to my right a little bit. So anyway, um, she had worked with Bandler and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, Grant. Grelin or something like that, and just di didn't find neurolinguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP, to be very authentic. And again, she found it very manipulative. So she developed some techniques which she felt like accomplished the same thing, but with the participation of the person knowing, and it she felt that it added integrity to it. So I learned a lot about NLP from her. And so I've had my eyes out for examples of NLP around me um, since I got to know her about 10 years ago. Um, so <laughs> when I saw in 2009 that the World Health Organization had changed, or no, it's the CDC, changed the definition of vaccine from something that could confer immunity to something that could stimulate an immune response, my dander went up because I thought, wow, they're changing the definition of a word that's had the same when? definition for literally centuries. Why would they when do that they now do in that? 2009? 2009. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was in the middle of the H1N1 panic. And um, there's even an article, I believe it's in the Lancet or the BMJ with some um, scientists who analyzed that change. And they're as confused as you and I are about that change. But this is the whole buildup to what they were mm. planning to do to us when, when COVID came. And I don't think COVID was an accident. I'm with Mickey Willis and other people. I think it was a pandemic. There's so many signs it was a pandemic. it's ridiculous. Um, but I, I can't go deeply into that right now. That'll take us down a parenthetical we don't have time for. <laughs> I'm sure other guests have covered that. So my dander went up when they changed the word vaccine. And I thought, wow, that is really interesting. And so then one time when I really noticed somebody trying to use NLP on me was when I was seeking yet another practitioner for another issue that I had because of my vaccine injury. And I saw a hypnotherapist. And of course, a hypnotherapist is going to be more likely to use NLP. So he, I asked him how much the appointment was going to cost, Bruce. And you know what he said? He said, two, two, two. And I said, two, 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 like $222. But I couldn't get him to say the word hundred. And I couldn't get him to say the word dollars. He said, no, two, two, two. He was trying to make me feel like these were just numbers and we were just exchanging numbers. And it wasn't really me paying him. And I was so angry inside. I was like, oh my gosh, she's trying to NLP me. This is ridiculous. I can't believe people fall for this. So when, um, when we got locked down, I started to notice some early signs that we were, again, being manipulated. I mean, one of the first things that happened was, you know, we were told that COVID had hit in China and Wuhan and that it had 
first infected these lab workers. And then there was this international athletic event and everybody took, went there and some of them got sick and then they traveled to all these other parts of the world. Um, and that's how COVID got around the world. And that seems like a very convenient story to me. But what really got my attention was when I started reading in every news outlet that COVID had originated in bat soup. Does that sound ridiculous to anybody? Am I the only one who thought that was stupid? Because I know I, I that certainly rem I remember that, and I do remember the jokes that people close to me really had us cracking up about that. But not knowing, you know, the the the, the history of whether or not anything, and then subsequently, you know, studying as as you have, you know, zoonotic uh, the phenomenon of wait a minute, you know. But I'm sorry, I interrupted your point. No, it's okay. I want to focus on this bat soup thing because I think this is another NLP. I mean, first of all, this thing originates in Wuhan, China. Nobody in the U.S. has ever heard of Wuhan probably until this point, if you're American. Um, and it's funny, these viruses never originate in St. Louis. It just wouldn't sound as scary or exotic, right? So that's that's one thing that I find really odd. These, these viruses always originate somewhere that Americans are unfamiliar with and sounds exotic or maybe third world to, to some people. The next thing is that I know that the Chinese, they don't eat any raw food. And so... And I'm not, I've never heard of them eating bats either. Um, but if this virus, and if viruses are killed by heat, if this virus were in a bat soup, the Chinese would never eat it raw. That would have been called bat gazpacho. They would have eaten it cooked, which would have meant that the virus that was supposedly contained in the bat soup would have been killed by the heat. And so all of a sudden that's bat soup was exactly when I was like, oh no, oh no, no, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a big deal. This is not the nothing burger of all the other things they've tried to scare us with, whether it's H1N1 or Ebola or SARS, this, they're gonna take this one a lot farther. I had no idea it would you know, affect us for years to come and this would be the beginning of something as big as it is right now. But that's Alex, when I- I just, I just wanna reintroduce you. Alex Meyer is the chairman and co-founder of freenowfoundation.org, whose mission is to protect and preserve civil liberties and health rights for all with a focus on children. And here now is important information from TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shamarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? 
government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. This is World Stage, and with me is Alex Meyer of the Free Now Foundation. Alex, you're doing a great uh, teaching of the insidiousness of the first wave of official story of what COVID was, maybe from a bat soup in Wuhan, China, and what a head-scratcher that was. But I want to reverse back to a little bit about the NLP you were talking about, neuro-linguistic programming, just to summarize in maybe 30 seconds how powerful that is and how insidious it is if it is used in uh, public relations and government pronouncements and uh, public health to to manipulate us. And I really want you to repeat, what was the concept of your friend who re- who passed uh, for, in, is it influencing with integrity? Was that the phrase? That's it. Yeah. She wrote, um, I think her book is actually called Influencing with Integrity. She's written a bunch of books um, and she consulted for Fortune 500 companies also. Um, what yeah, was her so name again? Concerned. What was oh, her name? Jeannie? G-E-N-I-E, Law Board, L-A-B-O-R-D-E. She was a really interesting older woman. Absolutely adored her. Yeah, and if and f- you know, for a, a glib handle into NLP, people my age and many younger and older are aware of a fellow named Tony Robbins. And there is a lot of good to be had by his coaching and his messages. Tremendous good to be had by Tony Robbins and his coaching. And his early curriculum is a great place for folks to get up to speed if they're curious about neuro-linguistic programming so that one could leverage it and use it on oneself for great purposes and great help and also be on the lookout for how it could be used against one. And yeah, now is what you've just, was what you were all... Sorry, go ahead. After you. I would say anything where somebody tells you something is for your own benefit, your dander should go up. Because why would somebody be like suggesting you do something for your benefit? You pretty much know what's to your benefit and what's not. So that's that's what my dander goes up. We did it to, to protect you. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so let, um, me, let me go, because I know we don't have a lot of time. Let me jump into... Um, how the word vaccine was used to manipulate everybody. So we went over the three things people assume vaccines do, which is Mm. protect yourself. They think it's like a a shield of armor 
um, against getting an infection. They think it can prevent somebody else from getting an infection that's going around. And they think in an ideal world, in this, some, this utopia, that we could actually reach herd immunity through vaccination, which is impossible for a number of reasons. Um, one is that you were never going to get 100% uptake of vaccines. And when they used to talk about herd immunity, it was even more of a joke because they weren't forcing adults to get vaccines before the COVID shots came along. And so you could always say, well, you know, there's 72 million children in the United States with a population of 330 million. So how do we ever get to herd immunity when most children take vaccines, 16 vaccines by the time they're 18, by the way, 72 doses of 16 vaccines by the time they're 18, but the adults aren't getting them. And, you know, you look at a school and I think something like 30% of a school population are adults between teachers and administrators. So if you need like a 95% vaccination rate, theoretically to get herd immunity, how are you going to get it? And then we had the example of them rolling out the COVID shots and 70% of people ended up getting the COVID shots. And still you can't get to herd immunity just on the basis of the number of people vaccinated or percent of people vaccinated. And then you've got this whole issue of what's called secondary vaccine failure, where the antibodies that were created by the vaccine they don't last forever, they wear off. And so you've got like the people getting vaccinated and then slowly that rate of immunity, theoretical immunity, I might say, because antibodies don't necessarily make you immune, by the way, but that theoretical immunity starts to come down as the vaccines wear off. And while they keep trying to vaccinate kids and now adults to get up to what they think is herd immunity, it's impossible. It will never happen unless vaccines are mandated onto everybody in the entire world. But then even still you won't get herd immunity because again, antibodies are only theoretically protective and you have waning immunity, which is called secondary vaccine failure. So you're never going to have herd immunity. That is a bogus argument, but everybody thinks we eradicated smallpox with vaccines. We eradicated polio with vaccines. And I encourage everybody, please, if that sounds like, you know, wacko to you, go read Suzanne Humphrey's book. It's called Dissolving Illusion. She goes into depth on the history of polio, into depth on the history of smallpox, pulling historical records for both. And it is incontrovertible. We have, we have been fed a bag of lies about eradicating smallpox and polio. I'm sorry, people, it's not true. Smallpox went away in the early 1900s when only 5% of the world was vaccinated. How's that herd immunity? How did we eradicate something with a vaccine? And in fact, every time they went around and vaccinated a whole community with smallpox, people would get smallpox right afterwards. You can read it in Suzanne Humphrey's book. Um, another interesting example is in the early 1900s, um, scarlet fever, for which we never had a vaccine, suddenly went away also. Um, and polio, they just, once they rolled out the polio vaccine in the 50s, they actually changed the definition of polio to make it a higher diagnostic standard so that fewer people would be diagnosed with polio after the vaccine was rolled out. Please go read Suzanne Humphrey's book. It explains all of that in detail. So this whole idea of herd immunity is not true. And that's part of the neuro-linguistic programming right there. And that's why I call vaccination communism because it subverts the needs of the individual for the greater good. And that is a communistic ideal. And so I don't think people understood they were practicing communism when these vaccines rolled out. But let me just give you an example. Bruce, you and I go out to dinner. I say, hey, Bruce, um, what, are you, what are you gonna drink? And um, you say, well, I'm going to have some water tonight. And I say, oh, well, I was going to have a cocktail. What, why aren't you going to drink? Come on, Bruce. And it's almost like my alcohol won't work unless you're also drinking. And we all know that that's BS and we can laugh at that, right? 
And mm -hmm. I'm never going to like say, okay, well, Bruce, you better drink enough so we can have more fun at this collectivist thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you're not drinking as much as I am, I'm going to make sure you have the same blood alcohol level as I am. I'm going to make you take a breathalyzer every 20 minutes, like a PCR test <laughs> to make sure you've had as much alcohol as I am. I have so we can have fun. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. And then you take yes. that same Take take that same thing and apply it to the COVID shots. And I don't call them vaccines, but people think they're vaccines. They're not vaccines. We apply that to the COVID shots and people were that ridiculous. Like they were so excited to get these vaccines. They posted pictures where they had the vaccine on their arm and they put them on social media. They were so proud. Some people got like vaccine tattoos. I saw a couple of people who put like their lot number and a barcode on their arm. And I was like, ooh, wow, they're really falling for this. Um, I mean, people are so proud to get these vaccines. They felt like they're going to be safe. And Biden said one shot and you're never going to get COVID. And, you know, and everybody needs to be vaccinated. But then suddenly when these vaccinated people came around me and everybody knew I wasn't vaccinated because I am proudly anti-vaccine <laughs> after what happened to me. I don't know what other way I could be. They come around me. Suddenly they think their vaccine stops working. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Wasn't this the thing that was going to save you and stop you from wearing a mask and stop you from being afraid of other people and get back to normal? Why aren't you back to normal? Why does your vaccine suddenly stop working around me? That's not scientific. They could, they could, you know, accuse us of being anti-science. That's anti-science. That is anti-science right there. And questioning any aspect of how a vaccine is effective, that's considered anti-vaccine. So these pro-vaccine people suddenly became anti-vaccine when they were around somebody like me who they knew wasn't vaccinated. And I just found this to be absolutely bizarre. And I've really endeavored to understand this for the past few years. So, mm -hmm. um, and so it's, from there- you know, what's, so, what's, what's so great is that you, uh, you study this, it sounds like full-time or issues related to it. And certainly for, for many, many years because of what you personally went through, Alex. And- the the hurdle and you this you you deal with this every day this is the not your pr campaign but it's it's your it's the education that you want to wake people up especially in california and especially if they are parents and they and they are responsible for children let alone work in schools or in medical facilities where they they care for children the educated people who are in lockstep with this horrible agenda who sold us this idea that a usable vaccine would be ready in less than 12 months, which to my knowledge, you tell me that has never been done before. And I also, I'm of the impression that there are no really true, honest and open studies that show the safety and efficacy of any vaccines. I'm basing this on what I've seen and read Bobby Kennedy Jr. talk about and teach and bend over backwards in things like his book, The Real Anthony Fauci. I wouldn't mind if you took another minute to flesh out or correct me on the bigger uh, problem with assuming that just because something's called a vaccine and this, with, with those kind of examples, did that was that applicable? Absolutely. You are so on point, Bruce. You really, you know your stuff really well. Most vaccines take eight to 10 years to get full FDA approval and get released onto the market. And I actually got a list of discontinued vaccines that used to be on the FDA website. I think you can only find it on the Wayback Machine right now. 
but I counted them. And <laughs> by my math, more than two thirds of fully approved vaccines get pulled from the market. And that is a vaccine that spent eight to 10 years being studied before it's released. So I was telling people, listen, how if that's the rate of, of removing from the market fully approved vaccines that we thought were safe, what do you think the chances are that this vaccine is going to be unsafe after only a few months of testing? And it just and to, seemed to go to, over everybody's absolutely. head. And to and, and to bring us right up to the moment to let you comment on you know this moment going forward and all that you're doing, these injections in the name of COVID are documented by the likes of Dr. Naomi Wolf and her Daily Cloud team and many others massacring people and maiming them with injuries at a scale far eclipsing all reported or known or findable vaccine injury for the last 30, 40 years. Is that your knowledge or impression too? Absolutely. It is the most dangerous product that's ever been put on the market. It was improperly tested. It was formulated incorrectly. And I think more of this NLP part of this vaccine is they market it as high tech. This is mRNA. It's new technology. And everybody gets swindled when they think that yeah. new technology is better than what we had before. And that is not always the case. That I is want to very, put a couple, very dangerous thinking. Very dangerous. I want to put a couple of more things on the table and then pull back and let you pick up and talk to me about anything. But you you just reminded me that the more I study what these injections are, where they come from, how long ago they may have been planned, it's as endless as when one studies the CIA and what their fingers are involved in and the past crimes and harms and things like that that they may have done. So bearing in mind that this this is so documentable to, to people who are hearing this and this is all kind of new to them or they 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 still can't forget that well their uncle's a doctor and he's whole hog about masks and vaccines why should i listen to these people on the you know video stream here and on, and on the radio what what is your what would you where what would you pick up and teach about how urgent the threat is to us what regular people could do or put that aside and just talk full on about what you're doing for Californians with Free Now Foundation. Use this opportunity to, if you'd like, you okay. to talk about and teach whatever you want at the end of the year here on the edge of a brand new year. But but please, because I know few organizations, there's a lot of great organizations doing great things like yours, but you're you're a real tip of the spear about trying to protect people in California. That's right. Free Now Foundation is one of the tips of the spear in California. And let me just close out. I'll fast forward over a bunch of other material I wanted to cover. But what they want is for people to willingly walk into a digital prison. What, what is being piloted in China with the social credit scores, where if your credit score goes too low because you do things the government doesn't want, is going to come here. It's going to come worldwide with the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. And you are going to get docked points. You might not be able to get on an airplane. You might not be able to go on a train. You might not be able to go to the grocery store. You might only be able to spend a certain amount. You might have to move neighborhoods because you're not qualified to be in your neighborhood anymore. They want us to walk into this, which is why they had to use NLP to give the social pressure from the bottom up. And then, as you said, the push from authority, the appeals from authority from the top down to squeeze people into the only path forward, which is to go into their digital prison willingly because if you're if you want a totalitarian government 
you can't force people into that because you're going to have uprising and revolution and it's going to be pandemonium and chaos and everybody's going to wake up to it. You can't do that. You can't be a leader that does that. You have to do it in this way. And that's why this is going on. And it is so subtle to most people that they don't even realize they're walking into a digital prison. And that's highly, highly concerning to me. And before I talk about Free Now Foundation and what we're doing in California, I just want to say that people use anti-vaccine as this epithet and to disparage me and other people like me. But I'll tell you this, I'd rather be anti-vaccine than anti-freedom. And you better get on the same train as I'm on because the train you're on is going to go to a FEMA camp because the other pieces of this, of this whole thing, they're taking away the things that make it easy for us to live in society. I mean, right before the show, Bruce, we were talking to one of your producers in Australia, 30 day power outage. Come on. That's, that's never happened before. We have to understand that this stuff is not accidental. The, um, you know, Bill Gates uh, buying up all the farmland and China buying up all the farmland, China buying our real estate, um, these food factories like bl blowing up, um, all these things to make it more difficult for us to be self-sufficient. Um, it, it's coming down. And someday, probably soon, if you've seen the, the movie where the Obamas are the producers, 2024 might be the year where that movie signals there's going to be a cyber attack right before winter solstice, December 21st, 2024. They don't say the year, but they're signaling that there could be a cyber attack where we could even lose like all ability to use our electronics. And if you guys have been in power outages like I've been, it's not fun. We are so dependent on technology. And at that point, when you don't have power, when you don't have food, you don't have water, guess what? You are going to willingly walk into a FEMA camp because the FEMA camp is going to have electricity, it's going to have water, it's going to have food, and that's going to seem like the better option to you. So do not participate. If you are participating in every, in any part of this, you are doing it, you think, to preserve your own freedom, especially with the COVID shots, but you are going to enslave all of us. You need to stop now. So that's what we're all about in California. We are defending medical freedom because medical freedom is the door to taking away all of our freedoms. And people Alex don't recognize Meyer. that yet. Thank you, Alex Meyer, chairman and co-founder of freenowfoundation.org. With, with very, very vital and important analysis and information about things we face today. And here now is important information from TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Hello, everyone, and I hope you had a wonderful and Merry Christmas. Hey, did you happen to catch our Vice President Kamala Harris before the holiday speaking on MSNBC about next year's election and what it means? I think all of these issues are important to voters who are going to be going to the polls in November and and they will make their decisions obviously um, but there are a lot of critical issues at stake and you know every election cycle we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime Lawrence this one is this one is what did she say this is the most important the most consequential the most anything nope she did not you know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is, this one is. And this is one of the freedoms she claims is at stake next November. The freedom to just be, the freedom to just be. So the woman who's a heartbeat away from the presidency says this is the most election ever in our lifetime and gives you some cockamamie freedom. I mean, God help us all. Thanks for giving me a minute. 
And don't forget to tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom and your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. You're listening to Bruce Torres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And with me is Alex Meyer of the FreeNowFoundation.org. I would ask you a couple things and let you choose, Alex, which road to go down here. Other sources where folks can go for confirmation evidence that supports the very, very uh, bad threats that face us that we were talking about, you were talking about just before the break so that they can get more convinced or rolling up your sleeves and and, uh, maybe I've interrupted your explication of that teaching about vaccinations being uh, communism, or of course, in this last segment, I invite you to get me up to speed about what you're doing with Free Now Foundation. So which would you like to talk about first? Why don't we do an update on Free Now Foundation because I can cover some of the other stuff as I talk about our lawsuits and the, the legislation that's occurred in California. But You also talked about other resources. I mean, please go to freenowfoundation.org, freenowfoundation.org. We've got a lot of great articles. There's a really good article about buying land in Solano County. This huge group has bought millions and millions of acres, or millions of acres, I'm not sure, but millions of dollars of land, uh, hundreds of millions. And it looks like that might be the place for a 15-minute city, which is all part of this agenda. Um, There's a really good book called Behind the Green Mask by a woman named Moira Corey. K-O-R-E or K-O-I-R-E, that explains the whole green agenda and how it's really to get everybody out of maybe the boonies or something somewhere more remote and go into cities. And we will become these 15-minute cities where we're more easy to control. Um, I think another really good resource is um, called doortofreedom.com that explains the WHO's master plan to um, to, inst- to instill install this thing called the Pandemic Treaty and make changes to the international health regulations. And if that happens this spring and it's slated to be voted on this spring, any member nation in the WHO will supposedly be um, subservient to the WHO in the event of them declaring another pandemic, which by the way, is another definition of a word they changed during lockdowns. I believe they changed that in 2020 so they could call COVID-19 a pandemic. It wasn't. Uh, Pandemic used to mean that it was highly infectious and it was highly deadly. No longer, Mm. it just means it's spreading to many people now. It's it's a much lower, lower bar. So they can declare anything a pandemic now because they changed the definition of that also. Please Mm. go look at the plans of the WHO. That's where they want all of this to go. And again, they're going to Mm. take away our freedom through the door Mm. of medical freedom. That's why that site's called doortofreedom.org or .com. I'm not sure. Do you know um, of a, do you know of a, do you know of an independent researcher named James Rogoski? Yeah, I watched your show with him. It was brilliant. I'm glad I'm glad because like you just very wisely and urgently pointed out if there's one thing that more Americans I wish knew about so that we could lean on our representatives so that we could pull out of the who 
or at least force compliance with the WHO to be a treaty that has to be fully vetted, advised, and consented, you know, with but through the Senate, as opposed to just automatically surrendering that kind of sovereignty, because it's hellacious the amount of control over us in the name of our public safety that the the noose around our neck that is tightening uh, if if that's allowed to proceed without intervention by freedom-loving people exactly you're absolutely right and i'm so glad you've had james roguski on your show that was absolutely brilliant um and that takes me into this whole um thing of like the top down bottom up, up approach to squeeze you into only one path and the top down is what they're doing with the who and free now foundation we're going to start a campaign to fight that um, in 2024. So um, watch for that. There's going to be actions everybody can take to um, to make sure that the United States is most likely to not participate in that and pull out so that we're not subservient to the WHO next time they declare a pandemic. Um, so we'll be doing that. But then like the bottom up part is that they want California and New York. And Bruce, I know you live in New York. If they get California and New York, that's the bottom up strategy. And New York, they, they want, I mean, <laughs> Governor Hochul's new regulation just went through. I'm sure a lot of people know about this who live in New York, but you guys have basically, you guys have concentration camps now that are perfectly legal. If somebody is deemed a public health threat, mm -hmm. um, like let's say you sneeze in public or you cough in public, there's no need for diagnosis. There's no need for testing. You just have to be, um, they have to have suspicion that you're a public health threat and off you go to hmm. a hospital, to detainment camp, who knows where. And there's no regulation. It doesn't say anywhere in there when you can get out or how you can get out. It's all subjective. And this is has the way that, to round has... up political prisoners. Again, in the guise of medicine and helping you. Yeah, it's, it's very reminiscent. And I make this point often of what happened to Germany under the Nazis in the 1930s. They were voted into office in 32, came to power in 33. And little by little, they promised all a bunch of good things, and they certainly supplied a lot of job. They diverted a lot of things to, you know, infrastructure and things like that. But you had to be a member of the party. That was one of the first steps. But incrementally along these lines, literally in New York State, like you just said, I follow attorney Bobby Cox, I think is her name. That might even be the handle of her dot substack. And yeah. she's suing. And I thought it was still, I thought there was still a chance, but it was upheld and she might be appealing, but... But now the governor's got the ability, come the next so-called health emergency, to literally do what you just said. That's the state of affairs these days? Exactly. That's exactly right. And I know Bobby Ann Cox, and she's absolutely wonderful. I mean, she is a hero, not just for New York, not just for the United States, but for the entire world for what she's doing. I really have to give her props. She's amazing. Um, I also, another really great resource I talked to you about before we started is The Great Awakening. Um, it's a book by Alex Jones and his with author, the with author is the one who does all the heavy lifting, if you guys don't know that, um, is Kent Hackenlively. And he's a dear friend of mine and he is on the board of Free Now Foundation. So our work at Free Now Foundation um, is to work on the other end of that. His book is about this top-down authoritarian approach, but Free Now Foundation, we're working at the state level because this is the squeeze from the bottom up. Like I, I just gave an example of how they want New York, California. They're doing similar things. They've been on a path since 2011 to take away parents' um, medical rights around their children. In 2011, um, Governor Brown at that time signed into law something allowing 12-year-olds to voluntarily take the HPV vaccine or the hepatitis B vaccine in the name of um, like sexual uh, reproduction rights. 
2015, they took away the personal belief exemption, which also covered religious exemptions in California. 2017, they came through with SB 277, and mm -hmm. that <laughs> that limited the medical exemption. And then, um, actually, SB 277 was in 2015. I'm sorry, that took away the personal belief exemption. And then 2019 came SB 276. You can see how all these bills have almost similar numbers. SB 276 limited the medical exemption to something very, very narrow. You have to have had a reaction to a vaccine before, and then you only get a temporary medical exemption. And they scared doctors so much because it, the bill was originally written that if a doctor was found to have um, misrepresented the facts about anybody who they gave a medical exemption to, they could be accused of perjury and go to jail. Now we got that struck from that bill, but that scared the doctors down to their core. And so doctors will not write medical exemptions for children to go to school without vaccines in California. So that's been part of the exodus from California. There have been almost a million people who've left California. A bulk of them are families who need to have vaccine choice, which we don't have in California anymore. So we're fighting that. Another piece of that that the California legislature just did in 2023 is um, they actually passed a bill. This was called AB 2098. And um, we were the plaintiff on that case. Um, and that's called the doctor gag order bill. And that meant that if you, let's say you went to a cardiologist and you had gotten myocarditis from your first COVID shot and you said, hey doc, you know, I got myocarditis from my first COVID shot. You think I should get another one? That cardiologist would have to say, oh yeah, you have to get two more COVID shots to be up to date. Literally, literally overriding their Hippocratic oath and prioritizing public health over their patient's health, which, is a huge conflict of interest for doctors. So we filed a case um, against that, that law. It literally became law at the beginning of this year, and we won. Governor Newsom, they, they backtracked so much because it turned out that it became a First Amendment issue. And if we had won in the courts, it would have meant that doctors would have had First Amendment rights when speaking to their patients, and they didn't want that to happen. So they backed off Newsom introduced another bill to override the effects of AB 2098. And so that is no longer, um, speech is no longer gagged in California around COVID um, when somebody's in a doctor setting. So that's a great win. Um, we have three um, active lawsuits going on right now at Free Now Foundation. We um, are suing Santa Clara University for their illegal COVID shot mandates. They mandated COVID shots when they were under emergency use authorization. It was illegal to mandate them under EUA. And so we're suing them for that. And also because they harmed our plaintiff. Her name is Harlow Glenn. And Harlow didn't want to get uh, a COVID shot at Santa Clara University. She really felt like she already had some health issues and she might be injured. So she first thought like doing a religious exemption at this Jesuit school would be the way to go. And so she turned in a religious exemption and they said, oh, sorry, Harlow, we give religious exemptions to faculty and staff, but not to students. Sorry, you're going to have to get COVID shots. And she's like, mm, I don't think so. So she got a medical exemption written by her medical doctor. She turned that in. They overruled it. Nope, can't have it. They overruled every single medical exemption just about at Santa Clara University for capricious reasons. So she went ahead and got one COVID shot because she really wanted to stay on campus. She wanted to be social. This is what's most important. If you're a college student, you want to be social. You want to be normal. And she was gravely injured. She went numb from the waist down. She was peeing blood and she went to the emergency room. Um, now she turned in a second medical exemption after that, and they denied it. Bruce, you know why they denied her second medical exemption? Mm -mm. Because she didn't spend one night in the hospital. 
She had only, quote unquote, only been to the emergency room. That wasn't good enough. I mean, they were going to set the bar higher and higher every time she approached them. So we put her on our lawsuit as our lead plaintiff. And magically, they granted her a medical exemption, as they did for other plaintiffs we put on that suit. Yeah, I, I want to interject because we've got a handful of nice minutes left, but it's to make it's to make this point, which kind of expands on what we've said earlier, this analogy to Nazi Germany. And the, the, the good news is, the good news, I don't know, uh, it's very possible through many, many books to see that this is the culmination of decades of the Nazification of the United States of America. And that brings one to the point of thinking, what is threatening us is so huge and so imminent that it paralyzes one with fear. And on the other side of that coin is looking at this as an opportunity for folks who aren't in action, like you're in action and I'm in action and Free Now Foundation is in action and TNT Radio is in action. To anyone convinced and paralyzed with fear, it's simply this challenge do what you can, even if it's summoning the courage to have the first awkward conversation with family and friends, the first awkward conversation at work, the first time you look up your representative's office number, the first time you look up an organization like Freenet Foundation and donate or go to an event because that's, that's the nature of reality is that we're all co-creators with it. And as California goes to a very large extent, so will go the United States of America. And as America goes, so will go the world because of our history and legacy of our ideals and the history of our success bursting and exploding by people who were as, as free as they were, which arguably was more free than huge portions of the world. All that to make the point that all is not lost if each and every individual will roll up their sleeves like an adult and take personal responsibility for protecting themselves and their family and also making representatives represent them according to one's own wishes for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and honesty and transparency and accountability in all levels of government, especially medical and public health issues. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Yes, you're absolutely right, Bruce. California and New York first, your state next. Do not sit down during this. Bruce is absolutely right. The only thing we have in our favor is the numbers. If more of us say no, if we get to a critical mass of people who know what's happening, they can't do this to us. That's all you have to do. Just say no. Don't wear the mask. It's like trying to transport sand in a shopping cart. That's like... The, the ratio yeah. of the virus size to the, the mask holes. Um, just to say, no, don't wear those symbols. That's more NLP is wearing the mask. Oh, there's something dangerous going on. Everybody's wearing a mask. That's part of the visual NLP. It's going on all around us all the time. Just say no. And you don't know, they're going to have like a different flavor of COVID in 2024. I mean, they've got their um, vaccine mouthpieces like... Um, not Anthony, Peter Hotez going around saying, mm. oh, 2024, we're going to have disease X. And what kind of prediction is that? We're going to have disease X. Give me a break. Right. 
They're going right, to they're right. signaling they're going to do something. Then we've got other pundits on the news media going around saying that there's going to be a black swan event in 2024. Again, what kind of what kind of prediction is that? But just be on the alert. If something out of the ordinary happens and you're getting all these like benign excuses like climate change or something else like, oh, we got to do something about climate change. Think again, people. This is on purpose. This is all to lead us into a digital prison. You are going to walk into the digital prison. This is not natural. What's going on is not natural. Please say what, no. What in our last couple of minutes here, Alex, what what would you reiterate or what haven't you told me in terms of, you know, when you take a deep breath, it's the cusp of the new year, you know, New Year's Eve, where we'll, everyone will presumably have an hour or two to do a little bit of reflection in, in anticipation of the new year. Or you're a very hardworking person. What would you share with me that that maybe you haven't? That's giving you hope, or that 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 fuels your determination. How does one become more determined in their pursuit of the truth and their courage to to talk about it? I'd say our, our social networks are the most important thing. Is to be find people in a social circle who understands what's going on, so that you're mm. encouraged with the steps you're taking, and you can learn from them. I'm part of so many different freedom groups in California. There's a great group called Liberty Forum. If you're in the Bay Area of California, they meet on the first Tuesday or the second Tuesday of every month. And they've got a speaker um, who's going to be talking about CBDC, I think, on January 11th, if that's a Tuesday in January. Um, I, there's another forum I go to that's all focused on libertarian ideals and, um, and freedom. That's been incredible. There's a group called People's Rights um, run by Alan Stevo. That's another great group to get involved with. Um, there's a group at Calvary Chapel in San Jose. That's the one where the pastor remained open all through lockdowns and got hit with three and a half million dollars of fines. They put on incredible programs at Cap Calvary Chapel. And even if you don't have time to join a formal organization, go to some of their talks, meet people, grow your circle, because Alex that's where Meyer, we're going to have power. Chairman and co-founder of FreeNowFoundation.org. On fire to find and spread the truth to protect fellow humanity and thank you for joining me this is tnt radio